Okay, our Bible reading <coughs> is taken from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, and beginning to read at verse 10. <coughs> You'll find that on page 1196 in the church Bibles. And the context of these verses is uh, St. Paul's warning about the godliness, uh, godlessness, sorry, should I say, uh, and kind of lifestyles in these last days. And he's about to warn Timothy to stand against them and to be true to God. So verse 10. <clears throat> you, Timothy, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. And yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Bob, and good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you this morning. And um, I don't know what you think of when you hear the word commitment. I wonder if it's something uh, like an article that I read a few years ago that said this. A Japanese soldier who refused to surrender after World War II, ended and spent 29 years in the jungle, has died aged 91 in Tokyo. He was in the jungle uh, in the Lubang Island. He was finally persuaded to emerge after his aging former commandment officer was flown in to see him. Correspondents said he was greeted as a hero on his return to Japan. I don't know if you've heard that story before, that certainly is a level of commitment that uh, is not necessary, but, and that man sadly spent far too many years in that jungle. But I've also heard uh, here, closer to home, uh, that actually sometimes uh, people's commitment uh, is ridiculous. Um, and I heard that recently, apparently, something like 350 MPs thought that we had not voted to leave the European Union. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? There we go. I did, so... <laughs> I, I am certainly someone who, who was aware of what has happened. Okay, so we're talking about commitment today. And some people say, well, commitment's under attack. For example, uh, the numbers of people getting married has gone down. The number of people staying married has gone down. And the, lump, the length of jobs or the length of the jobs people take has come down. People's commitment to a political party has gone down, as we found out a few weeks ago. And there's also something which is often talked about now called FOMO, 
fear of missing out, making us reluctant to commit to anything at all. Maybe you've heard of those things. Maybe you haven't. But I think we would still, though, want to say that commitment is still important. So I want to call us at the start of this new decade to remind ourselves why commitment is important, to discern what we should be committing or recommitting to, and ultimately then to do it with the opportunity to be prayed for as we make that commitment at the end of the talk. So let's pray as we look at this together. Father God, we thank you that you call us to commitment. We thank you that we do that because you first committed to us. Sending your son, your perfect son, to die in our place. So Father, as we choose to think about our response to you, our commitment to you, Lord, would you lead us to the right conclusions, the right commitments, and the right understanding of how you and our fellow Christians can support each other in doing what you're calling us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start by outlining the biblical basis for commitment. And um, I must admit, I've found myself focusing on the words of Jesus in the New Testament. Here's just a quick run through some of the parables that actually say something to us about commitment. Um, But I'm not going to say any more than one sentence about each. So the parable of the sower, near the beginning of Mark's gospel, there's clearly a warning there to us all about how we hear the word of God and how we respond to it. Do we listen to it? Or do we allow things to get in the way so that by the end there's no harvest, no life at all? Then there's the parable of the wise and foolish builders. Likewise about listening and obeying. Otherwise the house will fall down. There's the parable of the lost sheep. How every soul matters to God. So it should matter to us too. It might be friends, family, neighbours or colleagues. One thing is clear. To help them will take commitment from us. As well, of course, as prayer. There should always be prayer behind anything that we want God to do. And you see the parable of the persistent widow is a clear example of why despite low expectations, we should pray and not give up. Then we've got uh, the aspect of commitment as an investment. We've got the parable of the, pa- parable of the talents about le- gr- boldly growing what God has given us, not hiding it, but actually trusting him as we step out in faith to yield a harvest in other people's and our lives. And then we've got the watchful servants. That parable is all about our stewardship, maintaining that ever readiness to do what God is calling us to. We've got the parable of the Good Samaritan as well. And an example there of the Samaritan's commitment, not just to administer first aid, but of course to finish the job, leaving him only once he knew all his needs had been met. And Jesus actually talked about completion and following something through to completion in this way. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? 
For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. I remember going to Uganda about 15 years ago, my only visit there, and as we drove about four hours north from the, the capital city to where the conference I was helping to run was taking place, and I saw so many half-built houses on the way, clearly there. That is such a natural part of life, and yet God does not want us to fail to complete what he's calling us to do. I could go on, but I think you get the picture. It's saying that following Jesus is not easy. Actually, we're called to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him. So that's the teaching of Jesus. But we also find similar principles in the teaching of Paul. I want to focus now on Romans 12, which we didn't hear read, but actually I will quote some of it to us now. It starts by urging us, as brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Clearly, that is a high level of commitment. And then Paul, in that chapter, then raises the issue in relation to the practice of spiritual gifts. He gives a whole representative sample of them. Prophecy, serve, service, encouragement, uh, giving, generosity, and to lead. And after each of those different spiritual gifts, his instruction is, then prophesy. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then encourage. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And Paul wraps all of that up in this wonderful metaphor of the human body, which I expect most of us are aware of. And is there a part of our body that we don't need? Well, I suppose you could say tonsils, maybe an appendix, but essentially we get the picture. Every part of the body matters, and so it needs to matter to us in the way that we view other Christians and also in the way that we view ourselves. It's estimated actually in this church that we think about 40 people help us to run our services here on a Sunday. And if you look at the whole list of spiritual gifts in the Bible, you can easily see why. There are so many different things that we can do to contribute to that. And Paul's instructions are here as they always will be. Use them. Play your part. If we don't, we're missing out. As Paul put it in Ephesians, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This isn't just a message for some of us. That commitment is needed, needed from us all. Okay, so we've thought about that. Now I just want to focus on the costs of commitment. And in the passage we did here read, we clearly see that there, don't we? Paul says, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance. And he goes on describing those persecutions and says, in fact, anyone, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, of course, we're really fortunate to live in the era we live in, in this part of the world. Persecution is not rampant here even though it is in other parts of the world. Yet the biblical picture is that when anyone tries to follow God's calling on their lives, as we seek to be fruitful, opposition will come. Spiritual battle is a reality. 
And that's why Paul gives this instruction to Timothy, one I'm sure he would repeat to ourselves. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And he finishes by talking about scripture as God-breathed, useful, rebuking, training, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What is he saying? He's saying that we can be fruitful. We can bear a harvest. We can have protection from persecution. But we need to put on our spiritual armor. And we need to do it together, praying for each other, supporting each other. And I'm going to say a little bit more about that later in the talk. Okay, so that's what the Bible tells us about commitment. They are general principles, if you like. But what we also believe is that we as Christians are people of calling. And that calling is personable, it's discernible, and it's often specific. Okay, so how can we discover those personal things then, God's call on our lives? Well, we start with the general parameters we've already heard because the word, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, will never contradict anything else that the Spirit says. We have God's words as a check to help us to interpret what we might think God is saying to us or through others towards us. So Scripture always is backed up by Scripture. And we've got the opportunity to build up our own uh, reservoir of teaching to be able to have good judgment of what we think God is saying to us. We can do that through reading the Bible ourselves. We can do that by reading books about the Bible. We can do that listening to sermons at church or online. We can do it by joining a life group and learning from each other. And we do it too by praying regularly and asking God to speak into our lives. And that's what can happen. To have that group of 8 to 10 or 12 people in a life group can really reinforce us into that state of discerning God's will and acting it out. Through good times and bad, praying for us, passing on wisdom, supporting us in what God is calling us to. Through other gifts as well, like the gift of prophecy, one of the ways in which God speaks into specific situations in which the general principles of the word don't directly apply. When God wants to speak to us beyond the Bible, he will always do in words that completely uh, reflect the truth of the Bible. And so the challenge I want to give to all of us is are we asking him to speak? Are we asking God to reveal his will for us? Are we getting others to pray for it with us who can weigh what we feel God is saying so that we then know that Proverbs 3 is a relevant uh, proverb to us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. But I want to say that asking God for guidance is not a sign of weakness and keeping on asking him for that is also not either. Perseverance is often necessary. It's part of the journey. Because the reality is that situations we're in change. Yes, commitment is vital for all of us. 
But as situations change, then we need to make sure we're still committed to the right things. Any situation that is bad for us physically, emotionally, or spiritually is probably no longer God's will. Commitment needs to be reviewed regularly. And if you're concerned that you might be in one of those situations that's harming you, please, please, please bring that to someone you can trust, whether a member of the clergy or other leaders in the church. It's important. We all need to be set free from something that is harming us greatly. Okay, so we've talked about that. I now want to just talk uh, instead about commitment once we've got it and why it is such a very good thing. The Bible calls us to it, and deep down, I think we all long for that confidence in what we're committing to. But here are some of the ways in which the rubber hits the road as we start to do that. First, in those areas of doubt, of uncertainty, of fear or anxiety, will we bring things to God for us or for others and for the wise support and discernment of others? We have the opportunity to do that a little bit later in the service in our prayers for healing time. So I want to encourage you. Could today be a moment where you ask for prayer for healing, physical or emotional, or for something else difficult in your life? God doesn't want us to feel alone. He doesn't want us to be fearful or confused or trapped or desperate or to have something that is not prayed through, something that is not of him, something that leaves us trapped, confused, and upset, and in danger. So, others praying for us, others supporting us is absolutely crucial. Will you today take up some help when someone or more people can pray for you? Okay. So don't go home today without bringing stuff to him that God wants you to bring to him. And that will give you peace when we receive that ministry today. So for some of us, that's the most important thing that we need to do next. But for others, I want to bring back to this question of calling, how you might be able to serve God in your life and your church. So whether you're 9 or 99 or any age between, whether it's running around with pencils, as Caleb did a little bit earlier, or whether it's someone who's confined to a hospital bed, there's still something you can do. In the latter, praying for this church, praying for individuals that you know of who need intercession, who need support. God wants to use us. Whatever our situation is in, every person matters to God, and they need to matter for us. And we need to pray for the right role or roles that God wants us to play in this church and in the wider Christian community as well. So we in this church certainly believe in every member ministry. The biblical view on commitment is that we all need it from us all. Again, will you take the opportunity to be prayed for today and to allow God to speak out to you what the next step might be in being used, in being set free, and in becoming someone of peace and confidence as you follow the will of God. But as a church, we also 
want to just make you aware of the opportunities that we do have, which at the moment no one is taking, or at least not enough. Let me just run through some aspects of church life that those 40 people I quoted might well be doing, especially if you're new to church or you're new to the situation of feeling you could have a role. Let me just run through what these are today. So we've got welcoming and stewarding, teaching children and young people, reading and interceding, witnessing and healing on the streets, project managing and administrating, giving and fundraising, prayer ministry or Christian listening, mentoring or befriending, small group leading or hosting, cooking or chair moving, gardening or flower arranging, clearing or cleaning, serving within our audio and visual teams, as well as many other Christian ministries around the town. They're all fantastic ways to serve and to make friends as well. And if you're open today to take on your first or another opportunity that you know will be good because it is meeting a need and will help you to grow and to get to know better too, well then go for it. At the end of tonight, or the end of this morning, do take the opportunity to speak to a leader in the church. If there's something in particular you feel God might be calling you to do. It might just be for a season. Sometimes God calls individuals to do something because no one else is able to at that time. But even that is good because it helps us to realize what actually is our long-term calling. What are the ways that God has shaped me to primarily serve and give? So we're coming to an end now. And I want to encourage you to be open to the possibility that God will sometimes surprise you. It might be an unexpected ministry for a season. God sometimes does that. And we need to keep what we do under review. And we need to make sure we're continuing to pray for it and that others are praying for that ministry as well. And don't be scared if you think God might be calling you to try something. That's absolutely fine. Some of the things I know I'm not called to is because I tried them once. And I'm sure as a church, we want to give people that opportunity to try stuff and decide it's not the long-term answer for them or for us. Well, the bands are going to come and lead us in a song now. And as they do that, I just want to raise where you might be on this subject of commitment today. We've talked about situations in our own lives where we need peace where we need guidance, where we need confidence, where we need freedom, and we need to persevere, or when we need to seek a new opening. In all of those things, God is with us. And it might be you're facing situations too where you really feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're in a situation that you never wish to be in. You're not quite sure how you're going to cope with it. You're not quite sure what you're going to do next. We all face those at different times in our life. But the promise of Jesus is that he will be with us. He will sustain us. And he will enable us to step out in faith and trust him. So as we sing this song together, if that's something that you want to be prayed for, a difficult situation or way of serving. Can I encourage you, uh, during that song, uh, the prayers for healing teams will be at the back of church. And then after this song, I'm just going to suggest one or two other ways in which we might want to take up that opportunity. So let's 
stand and sing as the band leads us now.
take a difficult situation to him and to seek his light. And the team, the prayer healing team have shared a few prophetic words that they picked up as they were praying before the service. It's about strongholds being torn down and glory to Jesus. It's about a rainbow and a sense of light coming into darkness, of a lamp shining of thankfulness for the light that comes into darkness. And as a Paul reflects the light of the sun, so we will reflect the light of Jesus. I gather there's a lot of people at the back seeking prayers. I'd like to ask if there's anyone here who's a life group leader or used to praying uh, for others uh, in in a Christian capacity, please do go and uh, help pray for people at the back. And then as we allow that to happen, why don't you take the opportunity, if you're not going for prayer, just to reflect and pray about what is God calling you to in this new decade, in this new season, with new opportunities, but also new challenges. So do come and help pray uh, if you can. Otherwise, let's ponder that on, on your seats. And if having done that, you then want someone to pray with you, well, please do and answer that as well.